This is Yemen News. I'm Alex Williams. Today we have the pleasure of having Nada El Haddal with us. She's a human rights activist who has been nominated for the Nobel Prize for Children and is the chairman of the Nada Foundation, which works for the protection of children's rights. She started the foundation after escaping two arranged marriages as a child. Nada began her activism in 2013 when she was 10 years old by refusing to be a victim of underage marriage. She fled home to avoid an arranged marriage at the age of 11 and has established a foundation for the protection of children's rights. The foundation deals with a myriad of issues, including the recruitment of child soldiers, underage marriage, and child labor. Nadab believes that raising awareness of the dangers inherent in child marriage is even more important now that Yemen is in the midst of a war. Welcome to the podcast, Nadab. It's great to have you with us. Thank you so much. I'm really happy to be with you. and. Um... I would say hi for everyone. Well, first of all, tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about your early childhood. About my childhood, um, like I was like any child, her dream just to play and to complete her education, to become a doctor or a teacher. So it was like a normal child. I was a normal child. But the day came when my life has a change. The day my family told me that I will be a bride at the age of 10 and I was the replacement of my sister who refused the marriage by burning herself and she was almost to die. That's, 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 that's horrible to hear. Your sister was forced to be married, but then she, she burned herself to death and then I understand later you were supposed to take her place. Is that right? Yeah, they, they took a, di- a dowry from the, the husband. So it was really hard for them to give the money back for the husband. So they wanted me to replace her. And they said she's unusual uh, un- uh, to be a wife anymore because she has uh, injuries in her body. So Right. I mean, it, I mean, it seems like, of course, that's a horrific situation to be put in, you know, to push a young woman to end her life, you know, in this way. Um, you know, how did how did you how did you escape from that marriage at ten years old? Um, honestly, I wasn't aware about the consequences of child marriage. I wasn't know what is child marriage, but by the victims I saw in my family. When I saw my aunt's way to escape early marriage by burning herself to escape her husband's violence at 13 years old, and that didn't save her from marriage, and she died. So because of that, I didn't take my aunt's steps of uh, running or escaping from child marriage. So to my uh, sister way, when she tried to escape from being wife, didn't work, despite her uh, third to my family that she will burn herself. And unfortunately, no one believed her in my family. She was, um, uh, so she burns her body. So even while she was recovering from her injuries, my family tried to replace me as her intended husband's bride. This is when I decide to run away. I managed to escape child marriage and ran to, to the Minister of Interior and recorded a video explaining to the world what I was going through. Well, I know that you, 
uh, this is when you posted a video on YouTube. It, uh, it, it hit, it got around 8 million views. Um, did you know what you were doing at that time? I mean, what was, you know, how did that publicly make you feel, you know, when eventually that happened? Um, I didn't, uh, like, I didn't expect this, uh, in, um, like, interact, uh, uh, like, the reaction of the people. My goal was for the video was to reach to my uncle so that he can see the video and come to save me. But I was very glad and happy that my voice arrived for everyone who does not, uh, who doesn't like know more information about child marriage in this case. I feel that uh, what happened to my aunt and my sister and almost happened with me wasn't a family problem as I saw, but it is a global problem and generations suffered from it before and still our generations suffer uh, from it until now. And what was, I mean, there was a response clearly. I mean, you, what was the response of the Ministry of Interior or what happened after the, what happened after you recorded this video? Um, like, at the first, when my family told me that you will be a, a wife and you, have, you will have a dress, wedding, and these things to agree about this marriage, at the first, I didn't respond to them with yes or no. So next morning, I ran away to my uncle's house. He wasn't there. I tried to call him many times, but his phone was off. I tried to communicate with his friend. At first, he refused to help me. But then uh, he said, I said, if you'll not help me, I'll, I'll go to find another one or another person to help me. So that pushed him to help me. And he... He bring his sister to the place where I, where I was. So, um, and while I was there, I tried to communicate with my uncle and his friends. The only information I get is that uh, he's out of Yemen. So it was the only solution for me. Whatever will happen in the future, I said I will record a video so uncle can see the video and come to save me and protect me from this case. So in the video, I was talking about what, why I refused to be a bride at 10 years. So, uh, and also what was going on with my, what, what happened to my sister and my aunt. And I was telling my uncle in the video where I am exactly so he can come to save me. So, and then, um, yeah, at the end, when the people saw the video, also my uncle, he was one of them. He came to me and he um, he took me to uh, Sana'a, which is the capital. We have been uh, into um, the Minister of Interior. Uh, see, at the first, we don't have a, a law to protect girls from child marriage, but because of the international media, Bush, the government to protect me so um, so that the problem won't be a huge or my case won't be a huge to the people. So they protect me just because they are afraid of the international media. So was your uncle, he was, I mean, he was willing to support you, but he at first didn't want to support you because of social pressure. But then, I mean, why did you go to your uncle? Is it because he's the more open-minded person that you knew? I chose my uncle from among my seven uncles, as he um, was known in my family. 
for his support for girls' education. And he was also the only one who complete his education. So I had the hope that he would understand my case and would protect me. And actually, he did not disappoint me. Okay, well, that's, I mean, that's great to hear. But I understand, you know, from another uh, comment you made once, but you were also at one point imprisoned by the Ministry of Interior in Yemen. You know, why, why was that or what was that like? Uh, at that time, I was coming from Lebanon. I had an interview on Al Jadid TV, uh, Channel TV. Upon my return to Yemen, my passport was taken and I was denated and forced as the Minister of Interior to sign a documentary that I will not um, appear in the media in order to hide my story from the media and in order to cover up the child marriage crimes in Yemen. So they, they were wanting you not to speak about the issue of child marriage. It was kind of a way to shut you down, was what I understand. Yes, right. So how did, how did you handle that? Or how did you, it's kind of threats and intimidations. How did all this affect you? It is affected me miserably, and I felt unsafe. And also that despite the victims of this crime in Yemen, there are those who work to cover this crime and certain all activities or uh, activists who trying to show the truth. But for me, I managed to get out of this crisis and turn, uh, turned it into a strength and I become a fighter against this crime with all my power and faith. Right. And I mean, from what I understand is until now, there is still not a law that protects, that is there, that gives a minimum age of marriage. Uh, that's my understanding in the, in the Yemeni constitution. Is that correct? Uh, certainly, there, uh, there is no law, and we were close to introdu uh, introducing a law that criminalizing the marriage of minors, uh, of minors uh, through the Comprehensive National Dialogue Conference that was to build a new constitution for Yemen. But civil war uh, halted this pro uh, project and all the conference outcomes. Right. I mean, I know that also at one point you were traveling and and I understand you were abducted also by extremists for like two weeks. Why, why do you think they got involved in your case? What, what is that? Uh, at one point you got uh, you, you got abducted by by extremists on your way to Aden. To Aden. OK, so. Um... So you mean when I was kidnapped by Al-Qaeda? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I think that's what you were referring to. Yeah, my story, uh, at that time, my story, you know, turned to, into a book. So, and uh, printed in, um, in three languages, which is French, German, and Jewish. So I was invited because this is a story, this, the, the book was about me. So I was invited to sign my book in France. I tried to fly through Sana'a Airport. But, you know, because of the war, um, forced the airport to close. So I had to fly through Aden, which is the capital of Yemen at the time. When I, when I uh, arrived, I was kidnapped with my uncle by Al-Qaeda for 14 days. So first, the, uh, the first three days, I didn't 
save the life because I was blindfolded. So, and then the three, the first three days, they were just asking me who's supporting you. Is there is any country pushing you uh, to uh, like disagree about this marriage? And uh, many questions. I was at the time I was um, hearing screaming of people, but I didn't know where it comes from. But at, um, it happened that after assassination of the governor of Aden, Al-Qaeda was forced to change its location and uh, subsequently. So I was released and went out of Yemen. Right, but how did you get released eventually? They just released you? Yes, they uh, released me because, you know, they changed their locations. So they just opened for us and they say, uh, leave Aden. That's it. Okay. Well, I know that, I mean, you've come a long way. I mean, since all this began and I mean, mm-hmm. it sounds, you know, it's, it's amazing that you've survived all of this. And I know that you've, you know, you started the Nadav Foundation. You launched a program to raise awareness about children's rights, the the dangers of child marriage, recruitment of child soldiers, and other important issues. Can you tell me a story about how maybe a girl that has had an impact by this program? Um, many girls have been affected by our programs. One of them is the girl Shema, who ha, uh, who was vi- uh, violated by her parents. We connected with a public prosecutor and her responsibility was moved from the father to the gov- uh, to the um, grandmother. And right now she lives with her grandmother uh, as she receives an uh, educational uh, grant in private schools annually. And she fascinates us by having the first rank annually in all the results. So she is now uh, in the third of um, year uh, of having an education, and she is very a uh, brave girl. That's great. Also, through uh, our dreams come through um, project to teach girls English language. We were surprised by the reactions of society and the villages that targeted education and its quality because we are focusing on practice the language, not just learn it. And the girls have transferred their experience in the language to their families and the society and to practice it on a daily basis, which made us uh, or which made most of the people practice the language with them and are affected by the girls. So community feedback made us happy with their influence in society and the positive impact of the program on them. And this pushes us to continue efforts and improve the programs more and more. I, you know, I, I, that's wonderful. I'm, I also know you have a safe haven project. It aids girls uh, forced into marriage as minors and, and those who have suffered domestic violence. But the lives of women and girls in Yemen, I know they're closely monitored by their families and they're living in communities. Um, how are you able to reach these girls or or how are they able to reach out to you um like if the girls start with the first steps to uh, contact with us or reach to the foundation or 
anyone close to her contact with us and tell us about her case. Uh, we communicate with her family um, through uh, volunteers to access confirm information. And we are trying also to communicate with the uh, uh, relatives to, um, to her so that they can effect on the parents to, to, to stop uh, this, this marriage. And we are trying to change the family's view about child marriage. And uh, we try to save her from this marriage. But we try also to um, return her with a security guarantee and with the help of the police. But if we cannot reach to a solution with the, her family uh, and we start to feel the risk of her return to her family, we accompany her to another family that is we prepared before and we have learned them how to deal with, girl, with, with those girls who are looking for a safer place to stay. With the help of the police, we uh, keep her uh, pro uh, protected and keep her location uh, confidential so that she will not be harmed by her family. And we adjust uh, uh, her to the nearest uh, private schools so we make sure that she, um, her education is uh, continued. Uh, then we contact with, uh, to follow up um, the family of the girl and send messages to them annually without mentioning her location or mentioning our institution. And if we find her return is safe to her, the police will keep in touch with, the fam with her family and uh, to ensure that she is safe. And for us, we keep uh, checking on her monthly about her news and her education. How many cases do you, you know, are you tracking at this point? Uh, 31 girls. So that's 31 girls that are, that were in some ways threatened by, you know, kind of being, you know, in, in, in child marriage is what you're saying. Right. Okay. So I understand you first try to do it in a culturally appropriate way, you know, bringing awareness to the family. You know, you're, you know, you're doing this in collaboration with the police and then you, you take different steps as if it gets worse, then you're having to take different steps. And then if the family begins to understand and buys into it, do you have families that buy into it, that, that realize that the dangers of it, what, what incentivizes them or what, what encourages them to change their behavior is there something that you do to help to encourage them to start changing their behavior? Yeah, I try. Like personally, I try to contact with them. Um, you know, many many families um, believe that marriage will protect future of girls. So we are trying to uh, to change this view of girl uh, of of the of child marriage that will protect her. We, we try to aware them that child marriage, there is a many consequences of child marriage and uh, her education, that's the only solution will protect her um, future. And we are trying to give them many examples of girls that fight for their rights and complete their education and be, be, be um, and yeah, start to be uh, someone really uh, affects on, on, on society. So many, many 
many, many uh, families, uh, they give us a really good feedback and they, they, they are like working with this awareness. So they understand our message. It takes time, but at the end, we succeed to, to save these girls from marriage by spreading awareness. You know, and I would say that with social media, uh, awareness starts to spread to many people. Like if there is any case in social media, you'll start to find people fighting for girls' rights and fighting to give the girls um, a pro like security and try to give her rights. So I really uh, find a so like social media um start to make people aware about what you call marriage uh, and violation these cases we are grateful for social media because it helps us a lot right i mean you said that one comment you said is that raising awareness of the dangers of inherit inherent in child marriage is more important than legislation uh, why why do you believe that uh i think both are important there is like i believe there the awareness is really really important because you know because of the war there we can't have uh, a law to protect girls from marriage so the only solution that we have right now is just to spread awareness but if like if there is a law without awareness i think many people will uh will um apply um play it and people will marry their daughters out of the law like the most highest country having child marriage is india and they have child uh, they have the law uh, criminalizing child marriage so the problem is awareness if there is a law without awareness people like will do um many things or will play with the with the law uh, in many ways to marry their daughters so I think it should be with each other so that the outcome is better by stopping this uh, crime. Right. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, what keeps you motivated? You know, one last question. What keeps you motivated to continue doing this work? I mean, I know it's very hard, you know, in spite of all the odds and dangers uh, to yourself, I'm sure. I'm sure not everybody likes what you're doing, but what is it that keeps you motivated, you know, in doing all this? Um, the girls who are suffering, like, I believe that as long as I have, I had the opportunity to survive from this case, I really need to give this the same opportunity for girls. So I decided to make my life and all my efforts to define girls who die because of this crime. And I want to stay and watch the girls lose their lives as what happened to my aunt and my sister. So I promise myself to this case to be uh, with me my whole life. Mm. And, and, you know, we are in, uh, you know, we're in over 60 countries with this podcast. And we also put some of these messaging on social media that goes into Yemen. Oh, um, Nada, what would you like to say to the to the girls that may be listening to you, uh, you know, around the world, but maybe are going through something like this themselves, and maybe even in specifically in Yemen? What is it that you would want to say to them? 
I wouldn't say a message for girls. I would say a message for parents that give opportunity for your daughters to uh, have access in the future, to be a part of developing the, the community. I always say, girl, like they are saying, girls are half of the community because in the future, they are rising the another half of the community. So we need to take care of them. We need to uh, make them educated. So it will it won't just affect our generation. It will affect um, the next generations. So give them a chance to have their dreams and to study, complete their childhood, and um, be like be their their help to to have to to access to education. And and what about to the girl out there that maybe is just kind of lost hope? You know, she's in a situation where her parents want to force her to marriage. What would you say to her? Like, I would say don't give up because um, she should, like, every girl should know about their rights. So many girls doesn't know what they should do. So with our programs also, we're trying to teach girls what, what, uh, what are their um, rights and if they... Um, face child marriage or violation, what they should go, what they should do and where they should go uh, and the names of foundation. So she needs really uh, to try uh, and to ask many people about how to, to save her life from child marriage and to try to save the numbers of the foundations that will help her in the future or just to keep it uh, in, a, in a necessary um uh, like times or situations. Well, Nada, I think you are one of the uh, champions, one of the heroes. Uh, I want to thank you for everything that you're doing and just the fact that you're persevering. I know it's not always easy. You know, I, I've been in Yemen for years and I understand that, you know, what you're doing is counterculture and is uh, sometimes. I'm sure you get a lot of uh, negative messaging as well towards you. And so I want to encourage you you to keep going uh, because I know that what you're doing really has a lot of purpose in it. Thank you so much. And I would thank, like, I really love your project uh, that you're trying to spread awareness by um, by making uh, people talk about their experience so people can see there is many problems going on in our world. So thank you so much for that. Thank you so much to give me um, uh, an opportunity uh, to move uh, stories or uh, a crime happened in Yemen to show the, the people the truth. And there is a crime killing girls every day. Thank you so much, Nadat. Thank you for being with us today. What a brave young woman we've heard from today. I'm inspired by her story of how, in her own words, she took a crisis in her life and turned it into strength and became a fighter. I also appreciate her emphasis on awareness and recognition that many families simply do not understand how child marriage can destroy a young girl's life. In fact, without awareness, they may believe that they are actually protecting her by marrying her off at a young age. Nada needed courage to stand up for herself and fight for her rights and escape the fate of child marriage and we heard how she is fighting for other Yemeni girls today. I think what each one of us needs is the courage to speak up and not be silent, 
and joined Nada in her fight to bring more awareness around the issue of child marriage. Probably most of you listening out there are opposed to child marriage, but what are you doing to increase awareness among your Yemeni friends and family members about the dangers of child marriage? I understand that it can take a lot of courage to speak up against practices and attitudes that have been ingrained in a culture for generations, especially when we find them in our own families. However, as Nadash shared, educating a generation of girls today will impact many generations to come as they raise their own sons and daughters who will shape the future. So I hope today that we're all inspired by Nadash to have the courage to speak up, to not be silent, and to challenge the belief that marriage protects a girl's future. Let's be a part of increasing awareness that underage marriage destroys a girl's future and that it's education that will protect her future. Thank you for joining us on our podcast. You can also find a lot of our stories on Instagram at Y, that's the letter Y, News, A-W. That's Y, News, A-W. I'm Alex Williams, and this is Yemen News. News.